Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Huh. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Uh, Jackson, my name is Tim. Indeed it is. So strong. Something's wrong with my headphones. Uh-oh. Can't we got a problem right out of the gate. Jackson's complaining. Oh, now we're good. Prima Donna. Oh, we're back, baby. It's diva season. We're back. Now we're good. Some I couldn't hear anything. thought we were on the air for a second, but we're good now. Once you hear yes, yes, that's got to give you peace. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like... It's uh, a shot of dopamine to millions in St. Louis. It's like Enter Sandman for... Uh, oh, Mariano Rivera. For Yankees fans, you know, I know it's time now. Or like uh, one of the buffers do one of their uh, signature calls, like, it's time. Yeah. When I hear yes, yes, I get that same kind of feeling in the pit of my stomach. I played in the World Series of Poker with Bruce Buffer. Bruce, not Michael. That's right, that's right. One of them does boxing, the other does UFC. I can never tell which one does which. Michael does boxing, Bruce does UFC. Okay, so you do. You play with Bruce. That's correct. Now my headphones are back, messing up. How oh, can this stuff be handled at the pre-show meeting? The pre-show meeting being TMA? It's <laughs> correct, the three-hour pre-show meeting. <laughs> uh, Jackson, uh, what a weekend it was in the world of sports. The Cardinals played two games. They won one. They lost one in London with a bouncy field. <laughs> Very bouncy. <laughs> it's a common three theme. Uh, and they return home for a Jim Dandy of a homestand. Yeah, boy, Astros and Yankees. That's prime. World Series previews? If the Cardinals were to play both teams? Well, one, you know, they either one could be World Series, a World Series preview. Cardinals Yankees. now plus 850 to win the Central. I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. I got to tell you, I don't know why why am I such a mark on this? I really am thinking about unloading on it. I just, I, I don't, they don't have it. They I just, they, I don't know. But who does? My Reds? The Reds play with a lot of energy. I mean, they're not like, I think that that winning streak might have been somewhat of an outlier, but they have a ton of young talent and the fan base is going nuts for them. The, the, here's what I got for you. You want an analogy? I love this analogies. Is, this is, this, now, this is a Rams analogy, St. Louis Rams analogy. Okay. And I know you love the Millennium Gold pant they wore this season, too. No, I was, you know, Fisher-era Rams. That's where I really jived wow, with them. Wow, well, you got a great treat. Yep. Uh, the 2023 Cincinnati Reds, colon, 2000 St. Louis Rams. Mm. Thank you. Oh, we still have 57 minutes? <laughs> nope, that, that's the end of the show. Uh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna be playing like they play in Coors Field. That's what it's going to be like. They're not going to shut teams down. But other teams are going to have a tough time shutting them down. Yeah, and then the Cardinals go Matt Kuchar and backdoor that ass. That's what I think is going to happen. So there you go. Dude, I don't know, man. I just don't know. 
When I see the Reds play. Plus 850? What would you throw it. down on that? You'd throw your unit size is 10,000. I know you don't want people to know that, right. but now it's out there. Right. It's 10 grand. 85 grand. That'd be nice. I just don't. I, eight and a half times, uh, I just don't see them. One out of eight and a half times, I don't see them winning the Central. Right. I, I just don't know. I don't see them winning like five straight games. Right. Well, when they hoist that trophy. May, hey, trust me. I would. No one would want to be wrong more than I, and I say that often. But, um, I mean, like two times out of the starting rotation, you have not a guaranteed loss, but... Boy, you pray that uh, something good the offense can come through because you know the pitching staff won't. And that's not a winning recipe by any standard. The thing is, they don't have to be great. They have to win the National League Central. Like, I see they're plus 5,000 to win the World Series. Eh, I'm going to pass on that. Yeah, big time. But plus 850 to win the National League Central? I see some value there. I do. I, and I, I really am thinking about... The, the issue is I'm going to have a, I'm gonna have to have a sit-down with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always a good start before you make a bet. Anna Marie, could you sit down? I gotta, I gotta talk to you about something. And here. you have to start talking grizzly. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I know you're Italian. I know I'm Irish, but yet I'm doing voices. Sure. Uh so yeah, that's that's I think uh, that's my play. I think it's time because I think the streak's about to begin. Okay. And it's um, this is the best the value is going to be for my play. Now, last year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when the Yankees came to town. That's when the Cardinal run really started. That was right after the trade deadline. You had Jordan Montgomery, his old team. That's right, that's right. It was like a one nothing game that's on right, Saturday. That's right, that's right. A seven hour game on that's a Sunday. That's right. And they made some moves. So maybe right. history can repeat itself. Do I believe in it? No. Wow. I don't. This guy hates St. Louis. Loves Ledoux. Hates St. Louis. Right. Right. I Considers went down on my tombstone. Ledoux a fiefdom. <laughs> oh, that's on your tombstone. Yeah. Hated St. Louis, but loved Ledoux. And I think people will respect and, that. In parentheses, and the NBA. Yep, yep. Double parentheses. <laughs> Peter Puck. Uh, so you can give your thoughts on that. Air Comfort Service. Text line 314-399-9646. The doggies got themselves a great win. Yeah, huge. I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, again, I enjoy odds, not because I'm gambling on it, but because I enjoy probability what kind of odds you could have gotten on the Blues being in the spot they were in this year, the Cardinals being in the spot they're currently in. Of course, now they're going to win the National League Central. I've just mm-hmm. revealed that, plus 850. And then at this point, as we get ready to enter July, that the expansion doggies will sit atop the table. What kind of odds you would have gotten on that? Last place Cardinals, yeah. Blues in the spot that they were in, and I don't know how you would have handicapped that, like what the title would have been, but that they were just flat out dead and yeah. and selling. Uh, and then the doggies in first place. I don't know, hundred to one at least. Yeah, I. Uh, but alas, here we are, and that's a good win. San Jose had not lost at home. Yep. And uh, the doggies go in there, and they uh, and they outplay them, and they get the win, and atop, sit atop the table. Indeed, that's the standings indeed. to you and me, Russ, Audrey. It's funny that you bring that up, Tim, because it, it shows how much on the same page we are. Because one of the questions in Little Pills Weekend Wrap Up is what kind of odds could you have gotten on the dogs being hashtag top of the table and the Cardinals being right? in the seller of the NL Central? Now that I don't get the questions until like 940, which I'm not complaining about, no, I, I think it. that's the right move, mm-hmm. by the way, because news breaks, news changes. But I like that. Mm-hmm. I haven't even seen it. Yeah. I have not seen that in there. So that was one of the questions. And on top of that, like the odds you I could have I would have said that would have been 
50 to 1, 75 to 1 range at this point in the season. I, I wonder what it was. Higher. I wonder what it was at the top. I'm sure somebody can pull that up. Yeah. Won't be me, but I'm sure somebody could. Yeah, somebody will. But um, also doing it without Klaus and Leuven, brand new player, just called up. Two goals. How do you? How do you do? Roman Berkey. Fine thing. Yeah, Roman Berkey at the it, end. That's. I'm telling you. That's. We talked to Taylor Twelman about dogs. it. Like the diff. One of the biggest difference is, City has a world class goalkeeper, and other teams have middle of the road. And we've seen time and time again in these games that makes such a big difference when there's only three total goals in a game. So those those are those are the stories that are on the field, but the stories to me that are the most intriguing of the weekend. Or on social media, which of course is a septic tank. And I'm sure some of you out there, I know Jackson has a couple burners, um, have burner accounts and and dog avatars uh, where you can really take out some some sexual frustration (laughs) on people who have made money and, and been able to engage in coitus with attractive people. Uh, and so you, you get yourself a burner with a dog avatar and really let them have it. Well, if you did that on Saturday or Sunday to Adam Wainwright, you are the big winner. Sure, he's got a fulfilling life and millions and millions of dollars and is well-liked and respected by damn near everybody he comes across. But uh, he pitched poorly in a baseball game in London, and that uh, led to the dog avatars coming out to get him. And uh, he decided to hop off. Of Twitter, he has deleted his account. Adam Wainwright, Uncle Charlie Fifty. If you were following him before, uh, he had enough. If you if you take out Adam Wainwright, yeah, boy. I mean, for real, like Adam Wainwright, Kurt Warner, damn near any other hockey player I've ever been around. Just the finest human beings, mm-hmm. uh, and he pitched poorly and deleted his Twitter account because he was taking the high hard one from the fans. And it's not like he was in denial over the whole thing. No, not at all. Talked about how terrible he was. Uh, So he was gone. Uh, And then Tory Krug. Now, I've gotten... Somebody said uh, that this is accurate. Somebody said that it's not accurate. I don't know. I do know this. Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic reporting that uh, Tory Krug has rejected... Uh, the trade that would send him to the Philadelphia Flyers, and he had had the Blues on his Twitter banner. Mm-hmm. Do you know that to be true? No. <laughs> Not at all. So when you said, mm-hmm, I was like, oh, I guess I have a confirmation. Well, well I know. But instead, it was just you probably scrolling through Joker highlights while I talked hockey. Am no, I correct? The Joker highlights don't do it for me. Real slow. Um, great player, but... uh. I know that's the narrative going on right now, Got so that's that, my affirmative. Are you aware of this story? Not until we discussed it this morning in our three-hour pre-show meeting called TMA. <laughs> right. Either way, uh, Pierre Lebrun uh, is one of many now reporting that Tory Krug rejected the Blues trade of him to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, whether or not his, his Twitter account is still active, unlike Adam Wainwright's, but there is no banner, and it used to be him with the blues and now that's gone so that's what i do now that's i'm like worst. tmz <laughs> and i'm like gabe worst. on power mizzou i have to monitor social media accounts for oh, what people are thinking that's the worst sure there were games the cardinals won yesterday they lost on saturday city won on saturday and a san jose earthquakes uh, pitch jackson that had not seen a road team win but the lead is what's going on on social media and your answer is his following Adam Wainwright deleted his Twitter account, and Tory Krug may or may not have 
deleted his blues picture. Uh, you then confirmed that with an mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but in reality, you're watching uh, KD's burners. I'm really interested to see how Cade Cunningham develops in Detroit, but um, more so than that, I there's nothing more I dislike than having to track on social media what possibly could be going through people's heads because that's a game that gets played. It's like, oh, this player got traded, and now they're no longer following the team captain of the other team. It's like, okay, maybe maybe that's nothing. Maybe it's something. Either way, I don't know if it's a story. What about this dish? Selena Gomez is no longer following Zayn Malik or the Deed sisters. What do you make of that? And Dua Lipa. For that matter. So much going on. Again, like... That is the bottom of the barrel, I can't believe I'm doing this anymore type of media coverage. That's what the colonel says, Gabe DeArmond. Yeah, like there is no He's like, I'm a 47-year-old man, and I'm watching what high schoolers tweet out. It's the prop comedy of Twitter news coverage. Carrot top. Indeed. Gallagher. Oh, you come after Gallagher, you better pack a lunch, sir. Wasn't he, didn't he like smash a watermelon? That was his thing? Right, but it was Carlin-esque brilliance. Right. My apologies. You can text in your thoughts on your favorite Gallagher bit, 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service. Text line, uh, Jackson's Little Piddles weekend wrap-up coming up next. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. You're by Mugganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. We have this little Piddles weekend wrap-up coming your way. Uh, my guess is Jackson will go, well, we already talked about this, and then he'll mumble through the question and then go to the next one. Okay, next one, and then he'll realize we already talked about that. And Why then, am I then, getting then, ripped? Then, I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen in this I haven't even asked the questions yet. I just, I've been through it. It's eight, we're celebrating our 18-month anniversary. Yeah, yeah, it's a special time. Yeah. I wonder what the station's going to do for us. Probably cake. Uh, I'll probably get someone in to like sing for us. A little serenation. Serenation? Yeah, I don't see why it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I'm a little irritated by it. Like Tony Bennett come in and sing? could see him in here. Uh, we also get mic drops. Uh, Stephen Wildwood left one. Uh, let's take a listen. Pretty cool weekend. little uh, London action. That was awesome to see. Stop it! Over 200 years ago, we declared our independence from those limey bastards. And now you're going to give them two of our home games to Wallet? How much they give you for that, huh? Was it enough to buy a damn pitcher? Why don't you get one? And what's the media in this town talking about? Betting. Here's a bet for you. I bet Piddles never get slayed. And I bet that Wimp McKernan never go down and hold these guys accountable. And too, He's too busy being friends with everybody in the team. Oh, my gosh. Come on. I'm tired of it. Wow. Boy. I thought there might be a little positivity coming off of the win yesterday. Jordan Hicks is saving. He's, he's Engine 42. Yeah. Part two, the remix he's album. great. Starters haven't. Uh, do you want to – I mean, he, he – he really went after you. I mean, he... yeah. yeah. Um, it's what can you do? It's the cost of doing business. You know, when you uh, when you're like me, and this is kind of how the life you lead. Most gonna, eligible bachelor. You're gonna have some critics out there. But what you gotta do is you gotta block that out. You just gotta block that out. Take a couple deep breaths and uh, return to what you know. You know, your training will get you to where you want to be. And where is that? Uh, being on a one-hour midday show on 101 ESPN. Nicely done. It's I brought mean, to you by Mungana. Saying proof is in the pudding. Yeah, exactly. Take that, Steve. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Little Piddles Weekend Wrap-Up. Woot, 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 woot. woot, woot, woot. 
Adam Wainwright has withdrawn, withdrawn from both Twitter and from what it looks like being a quality starting pitcher this season. Whoa! <laughs> now, hold on. Wow! Wow! No shade. What, in, what was that? Listen, no shade on Wayno personally. I'm just looking at this from a baseball perspective. And I also dream of the day I no longer have to look at Twitter. So, totally get it. However, his pitching has been lackluster this season. In his last five starts, the Cardinals have gone one and four, and he has not looked good most of those starts, giving up at least three runs in every outing. What is the plan going forward with Wayno for the rest of the season? Do they have no choice but to see if he gets right? Uh, no, I don't think that that is the case, but the reason is, is I think that if they do go on this winning streak that I have officially, uh, projected because I am going to wager yeah, on the plus 850, investing. so I don't know if I necessarily think it so much, I'm just trying to manifest it. Sure. Um, I don't think they would trade him. No, I don't think so. But either. if they were to go out and get starting pitching, I don't think you can just let him hang out and risk games not just the ones he pitches but the ones that uh, can impact the team beyond because he uh, could be a liability I'm not I'm not there though the first off based on what they currently have but secondarily I'm just not I, I, I'm I'm not going okay get him out of the rotation too right you know they've given Libertor a chance it's sure. not like that's been glorious no certainly hasn't so um I don't know if you're asking if they're going to trade him. What, 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 what do you? What so, do you, like, let's play out the hand. Like, let's say they do go on a little bit of a run. And okay, you're starting to believe. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, August first deadline comes by. They get a starting pitcher or two who look better than he is at the at the moment at that time, and they are in the mix to win the NL Central. Do you keep a roster spot for him and take him out of the rotation? And but what do you do? Do you put him? That's in the what I believe. They I would believe he'd be in the bullpen. Okay. All right. So you you throw him in the bullpen, have him like a. Well, I mean, you're hole. asking me these scenarios. That's what I believe, and they're not gonna let him go. No, of course not. But it's kind of like in a situation where like you might have a ro- only one roster spot left, and it could be taken by someone who could bring a lot of value, and you probably have to you'd have to keep them up there. You're not gonna send them down. Yeah, you can't. That's, I think it'd be bullpen. That's what I think would wind up happening. Should that actually wind up getting to that point? Right. So and a I hope lot it of things would have to happen. They'd have to go on the winning streak that has officially been predicted on this show. <laughs> uh, then, in addition to that, that means they would have to then feel that they are competitive enough to be uh, buyers, and they would have to buy at least one, if not two, starting pitchers, and then you get to the spot where. You would go, okay, well, what do we do here? So, I mean, we're talking about some, relatively speaking, unlikely sets of circumstances. Yeah, the most likely out- scenario, in my opinion, is that the season continues on as it has. He continues to pitch, and the end of the season comes, and that'll be the end of it. That's what I truly think will happen. I don't think they will go on a run, but I'm glad that you are manifesting it. because I am manifesting I it. I am not. Uh, Derek Gould wrote an article discussing Rob Mann from mulling over the possibility of a 154-game season for the opportunity for more games in Europe or Asia. We have often discussed that it would most likely benefit Major League Baseball to have a shorter season. However, it would affect the bottom line of Major League Baseball's revenue, so probably a no-go. However, if the influx of Euro slash just global money could offset that missing inventory, maybe we could see it happen. Would you be open to this move? I was going to do a surprise throw of my water bottle across the studio, but right as it was about to go across the studio, our general sales manager, <laughs> Kelly Hanna, uh-huh. was walking by. She sees me with my hand. I mean, I'm in full tuck rule yeah, position. You are. And she just waves at me, thinking I'm waving at her. 
And so you waved instead. Then John Kialski, market manager, Hubbard Radio St. Louis, walks and follows right past. And then he sees me and he just waves. And I'm like, what would it have looked like if I would have gunned the water bottle across the studio at either general sales manager Kelly Hanna or market manager John Kioski for my version of prop comedy. Uh, time to send these HD2 boys back to the kiddie pool. <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly. I think that sums it up perfectly. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't let us sit here and go, the, what, 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 can you repeat that again, please? The whole so, thing? Uh, I prefer not, but the bottom line of revenue thing. So we've talked about before that the season, we've agreed that less games <laughs> would probably be, that was like a floater. I, was, I had to toss it. I was like two feet in the paint. Chance, like, you know, somebody else in power came walking by. <laughs> yeah. That was like a two-foot, off uh, two-feet uh, floater right there. That's how it looked when I tried to throw the ball from second base to first base with the Steve Sack. Came up short. Oh, it was awful. Um, that we've talked about, Major League Baseball would probably benefit from having less Read than... Read what you wrote. You know that I have a problem with it, and this is where you ad-lib off because you're trying to avoid the confrontation. We're going to have a confrontation. And, we, and Jamie uh, Rivers might walk in here and pin you up against the wall. Not afraid. Uh, we have often discussed that it would most likely benefit Major League Baseball to have a shorter season. However, it would affect the bottom line of MLB's revenue, so it would be That's a no-go. That's all I need. I thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Counselor. Bottom line and revenue are two separate things. I say respectfully, of course. Okay. Revenue being the top line, the bottom line, then being the expenses subtracted from. So, so the expenses would theoretically be less because they would now only be paying the players for 154 games, which I would imagine the players would push back on. No doubt. And so it's not something that I necessarily see being likely. And to get to what you really brought up about, what is the deal with trying to get it popular in Europe and Asia? Where Where is... Where is the outcry for baseball's appearance in Europe and Asia? I heard a, a clip of Manfred saying I that understand. he saw a He's, lot of baseball I know. caps. I'm, 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 I'm well aware of it. I just don't. This guy sometimes confuses me quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea why he is of the opinion. I get wanting to have a 154-game season. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But getting games over to Europe and Asia... I don't even want to be my top 10 reasons for it. Right. So I, that, I just don't think that that's there. And I think when you're talking about if we were really to pragmatically apply the idea of doing this, what it would mean. I mean, the Cardinals, for example, will have three off days out of five right. for this trip or seas to play on the bouncy field in London. Imagine... And, you know, I know a flight to London isn't terrible, but it's the equivalent of going from Miami to Seattle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's not going to, I would imagine they would want to go to Japan. Japan is certainly a big one. That would that would strike me as the next spot. Paris is a big one that they want to go to. I mean, I'd like to go there, but I think they're more interested in having me over there than baseball. <laughs> Probably. So I just, I don't know, I don't know what that's about. Um, yeah, I just... I understand the NFL. I understand the NBA. I would understand the NHL. Yeah. I have no idea what baseball with playing twice as many games at a minimum uh, or 10 times as many games at a maximum of these other sports 
and and why that would be one of the reasons for it. It just for the life of me, I really don't get it. I don't think baseball is on the verge of some global expansion. I just don't see it. So I just disagree with the premise. Yeah, I I understand the reasoning behind getting after it on the heels of the World Baseball Classic. I feel like that opened up people's eyes more to baseball on a global scale than in years. I'm not saying it was some monumentous event, but in the terms of how it, baseball has been progressing, the World Baseball Classic this year certainly was a bigger event than years prior. I agree with that, but that does not mean let's go and turn this into something that it just isn't. If anything, I would say baseball need needs to get its act together in, in at home yeah. than going, okay, we got that ready to go. Let's head over to... Paris. Yeah, they they want it. 2025, I think they have it scheduled up. That'll be nice. Yeah. It'll so, look like a Marlins game. Yeah. The energy was pretty strong in London. I'll give them that. The energy was strong. Well, I think a lot of American fans made their way over there. Right. But, I mean, I think that is a byproduct of a good thing. You know, I think that is kind of what they're looking for. What does that for. mean, a byproduct of a good thing? It's a byproduct of putting the game there, is that you're going to bring tourism there. It could be profitable for both European travel and economy and uh, Major League Baseball. I I understand that part of it is a one-off, but as far as like changing the season so you could go over to Europe and Asia, I just I, I'm looking at that and it just you know it's like St. Louis right now going okay we got it figured out let's go it's just we got issues here sure. let's let's tend to these and sure. then we'll figure out our global expansion plan. What in the hell? Uh, Jackson, it's probably a time for a break, is yeah, it not? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, we will take a break. We still have four questions? Mm, three. Uh-oh. Two and a half, because we kind of answered there the thing is, about the is, dogs. I called the shot. <laughs> uh, that's coming up here in the second half of Balloon Party. It is driven by Mungan at St. Louis Acura and on Toyota 101 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. Jeremy Mike Mungan, St. Louis actor. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. 23 more minutes, and we're going to maximize them. We're going to optimize them. Uh, Jackson, what's next on the uh, Little Pills Weekend Wrap-Up? A little blues hockey action. Blues hockey. Doug Armstrong. Where are you, where are you going with this? Are you going Kruging? A little Krug talk, but okay. uh, a little bit of a little bit of GM mindset talk as well. Doug Armstrong has been getting busy ahead of the NFL. Oh, oh boy, and in Van, uh, Doug Armstrong has been getting busy ahead of the NHL draft, trying to send Tory Krug to Philly for Kevin Hayes. However, the trade was seemingly fell through after Krug did not waive his no trade clause. What do you make of the fallen through trade? And do you like Armstrong's aggressiveness ahead of the draft? Does this give you a good feeling of a rebirth season after the crumble of last year? Uh, well, we discussed in the first segment, uh, Tory Krug, per Pierre LeBron, not waiving his no trade clause. Um, and uh, and I had a uh, somebody... Uh, contact me during the commercial break and say his Twitter page did before yesterday have all blues in the, the banner, banner and it mm-hmm. has been removed. Mm. So we are back to evaluating and psychoanalyzing athletes based on their social media. Uh, so there is that. 
here is I gave you the Cardinals plus eight fifty as a value play. Does you that did. mean I think that they will win the National League Central? No. Jackson, it doesn't. But do I think it's good value at plus eight fifty? My answer is yes. You may disagree, but uh, here is a play for you. I don't think Tory Krug plays for the Blues again. Oh, that's where I would. Uh, wow. I mean, at this point, I, I think the writing is clear, crystal clear on yeah. that wall. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it's about. He doesn't want to leave the St. Louis Blues so much as he doesn't want to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. But if you know you are not wanted, and you also know that it is unlikely that this team is going to take him to where he was in 2019, which is a win away from a Stanley Cup when he was with the Bruins, that uh, you move on. He's 32 and I would imagine that that is where this winds up. Now, I don't know if it winds up with Philadelphia, and then another team gets involved, the place that he would accept a trade to. But as it stands, uh, I just don't think he plays another game for the St. Louis Blues. Wow. So that is where my uh, my head is on Tory Krug. And what Doug Armstrong is doing, I think he is trying to uh, avoid the full-on rebuild. I think that that is logical, considering who is under contract. Yep. But um, the first step is moving Tory Group, and I think that is what you are going to see in some capacity here relatively shortly. That's what I think will wind up happening. And you can put that in predictionary if you okay. like. Is it going in? Yeah. Where is predictionary these days? Is it in your phone? It's always it's always in the phone. Okay. However, of course, I got a new phone at the start of the of uh, twenty twenty three. So oh all, yeah, I saw you. Cricket. Old predictionaries uh, didn't make it on the uh, old data transfer. Wow. But I, I'm ninety eight percent. I believe is what I was. Uh, you were in the. You were doing very well, but so Tory Krug will no longer be a St. Louis Blue. Tory Krug will not play another game as a member of the St. Louis Blues. That is my play for you. Okay, it is officially entered into predictionary. Okay, thank you. And in terms of Armstrong, given the draft pick situation that the Blues have, I would would also be surprised if another move is made before the draft or on draft night. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose uh, there's there's one domino that has to fall, and that's what this one is, and that's what they were trying to accomplish the, this weekend. Uh, by the way, Alex Ferrario is going to be live in Nashville uh, to report from the 2023 NHL Draft. Blues, of course, with the 10th overall pick in this year's draft, and you can tune in this Wednesday night starting at 6 p.m. as Alex will be on site from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville for a special NHL Draft live show. He'll be talking to special guests and covering everything that's happening at this year's NHL Draft. That's this Wednesday night. Alex Ferrario live from Nashville starting at 6 p.m. on 101 ESPN. The NHL Draft Show brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. There it is. All right, moving on to my next question here in the Little Piddles weekend wrap-up. Something we discussed a little earlier, but I still want to talk about. St. Louis City SC got the win in Northern California this weekend, despite being down Joel Klaus and Edward Leuven. I can't pronounce this guy's name, so I'm not going to try to. But Samuel Darnell uh, Coles, he is a coach with the Nationals. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I think so. Um, Samuel Adarian scored his first two goals in his MLS career to topple the Earthquakes, with Roman Berkey chiming in with two big second topple. half saves. Yeah, I think that's the. I think I like that word. I like topple. Mm-hmm. Like when Mizzou beat Tennessee at Tennessee, it was the Rocky topple. Yeah, I get that. But that's why I was wondering if there was a play on earthquakes with Topple. It was kind of, you know, well, it's kind of, yeah, you know, I want to be sensitive to those. Yeah, I don't want to interrupt the momentum of this question. I'm sorry. Right, 
right? <laughs> Feel free to throw your water bottle at any moment. Um, so we talked about earlier, what kind of odds could you have gotten on the dogs being top of the table and the Cardinals being in the cellar of the NL Central come the end of June? I feel like this is more of a, I, you know, it's easy to say like, oh, the Cardinals are playing so bad. That's so surprising. But like for STL City SC to be in the position they're in as an expansion team in their first year and the city obviously having a lot of like high expectations for the atmosphere and how cool it's going to be. But to see this level of play on the field is truly awesome. I agree with you I, I, in, a, in a major way. And I think it's because people are, uh, not all people, of course, but a large portion of St. Louisans who are sports fans are familiarizing themselves not only with the MLS, but also with the players. I think the fact that they were able to win on Saturday in a very difficult place to win um, with the team as uh, beat up as it is, is quite significant. I got the sense from talking to Taylor Twelman, who's with us every Tuesday, brought to you by Together Credit Union, and we'll talk to him, of course, tomorrow, that he really thought that this thing was kind of on the brink of starting to spiral to where people thought it would wind up being, which is, you know, an expansion team. But still, no matter what happened, coming away going, man, they got something going in St. Louis. Look at that atmosphere. Look at that stadium. Look at the support they're getting. And it was fun that the team started off playing well, but then they kind of went where you thought they would be. So to win that game in a bounce-back fashion, as depleted as they were, is huge. And uh, and you're right, Jackson, that if you would have gone on to the season and said on July 1st, they'd be a team that's at the top of the the Western Conference, you would never have thought that. Never. I mean, that that's, and then and if you pair it to parlay it with the Cardinals being in last place in the National League Central, that's that's truly a mathematical phenomenon. And uh, I, I think City being in first place is the bigger surprise than the Cardinals being in last place. But to be Ooh, clear... That's a good question. Oh, yeah. I, I think, I don't think there's... Because I, I don't think I, I don't think the Cardinals will wind up in last place. No, neither do I. When it's all said and done, um, but hey, listen, I'm, I'm not saying that I expected the Cardinals to be in the spot at all. I'm just saying City being in first place is mm-hmm. is not something I think you could have ever foreseen. You're talking about a hell of a lot more teams than than five, and the Cardinals also uh, did have some question marks going in. Uh, City's an expansion team. Yeah. So for them to be in the spot that they're in, I mean, listen, both of them are incredibly surprising. That's my point. And this is, uh, th- th- all this does is increase the momentum that it already had yeah. going in. And it's already one of the toughest tickets to get in St. Louis. <laughs> Big time. I think also the MLS's schedule, like the format of you play once a week, sometimes twice a week. It gives kind of like that NFL feel where you play once a week. So the game is really, really big. And it starts to become isn't. part of your social calendar. Yeah. Right. And that, even if you're out, you're going, okay, we can watch the game. Or if you're staying in on a Saturday, yep. you know, like, okay, we can watch a game this past week starting at 9.30 St. Louis time. So uh, it's a great thing, and it is something that people really are uh, looking forward to attending if they haven't yet. That uh, that atmosphere gets people super fired up. All right, we'll take a commercial break, 1046 in St. Louis. An article I read over the weekend that I want to tend to, how Gen Z is killing sports media oh, wow. as we know it. I'm, I'm very interested in this. Yeah, I just got better at teasing. Consider me teased. Thank you. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura. And Alton Toyota. 
We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jackson, I got better at teasing, correct? Boy, howdy did you ever, Tim. All right, here is the article. It was sent to me by uh, a friend of the feather. Nice. This weekend. Friend of the feather. He knows the kind of things that get my synapses firing. And in this case, I can actually talk about it on this radio station. For the last two decades, beleaguered sports media executives and veterans have bemoaned about how millennials consume sports content. We read blogs and not game stories. We get our highlights on social media and don't watch TV. We listen to sports podcasts, but not sports radio. But in due time, the challenge of capturing millennials will seem like the good old days. We may not pour over the box score in next day's paper, but that's because we've already seen it. We enjoy sports, just like our parents. The difference is we consume content differently. Today, the challenges are much more existential and problematic. What if young people don't like sports at all? Now, I know we saw this study last week. Uh Uh-huh. And in that study, uh, only 58% of Gen Zers say they enjoy live sports. Only 23% of Gen Zers say they are passionate sports fans, To compared to 42% of Millennials, 33% of Gen Xers, and 31% of Baby Boomers. Even more concerning, 27% of Gen Zers say they dislike sports altogether, compared with just 7% of Millennials, 5% of Gen Xers, and 6% of baby boomers and so therefore it gets us to what is going on with sports media at this moment are you familiar with better better oh b-e-t-t-o-r b-e-t-r no don't think so it's the sports media company and micro betting app co-founded by jake paul okay it's one of the hottest commodities today per this article on awfulannouncing.com uh, with uh, Paul's BS interview series as its draw, better seems to exist for the purpose of funneling people to a gambling app not too dissimilar from Barstool these days. The company's social media content is sophomoric and entirely personality-driven. Earlier this year, better partnered with the Cavender Twins, who are making millions in NIL. You're familiar, of course. They Miami. played for Miami this past year. They mm-hmm. have since retired from the game of basketball. I think they're... To sign a deal with the WWE or something? I believe that is correct. The partnership fits with the Times. Paul has over 17 million TikTok followers. The Cavender Twins boast 4.5 million together. The content reaches tens of million people. Individuals drive engagement now, not institutions, and these people go viral all the time. So when the athletic underwent layoffs last week, it's understandable why the bewailing among those in the industry took a darker turn. The Athletic cutting 20 riders and shifting away from team beats isn't just indicative of a changing landscape. It's indicative of a landscape that may not exist for much longer. Uh, The Athletic's layoffs are part of a vicious cycle, killing sports journalism. That's right, not changing it, killing it. Just five years ago, the Athletic was the new it girl in town, washing VC money. The company rapidly expanded its newsroom, moving in nearly 50 markets and covering hundreds of of teams the athletic launched on a promise to restore real sports journalism the writers would focus on original reporting not opinion and aggregation but since the new york times acquired it last year jackson it has lost 36 million dollars in who's now replacing sports writers 
It isn't bloggers, but rather content creators. Dave Portnoy is more famous than every sports columnist in the country combined. Do you agree with that assessment? Um, no. Depends on like what you mean by like sports columnist, because I feel like those lines are blurred now too. People can write and host a podcast and do, you know, people aren't necessarily who's pigeonholed. The most, who's the most famous sports columnist at this moment in the country? I mean, do you still consider Bill Simmons a sports columnist? That's what he God. made his bread in, yeah. you know, so I would say that. See, I would consider him more of a podcaster now. Right, he is the pod father, but again, like it, the lines of like, just what you like, oh, I'm just a sports columnist. If you're a sports columnist, you most likely also do a podcast. So we're no longer pigeonholing people to just being one or the other. You can be a content creator and a really good writer at both at the same time. The evidence is clear. Gen Zers aren't watching team sports like their elders, and thus they probably aren't reading about them either. To reach them, pro sports leagues are beefing up their games on TikTok and esports, employing thousands of influencers. The NFL works with about a thousand influencers alone. There's no way sports outlets can compete with that unless they're led by stars like Portnoy, Paul, and Big Cat. Even John Boy Media, which seems suited for this area and completed a $5 million round of funding, is now downsizing. To most sports media execs, somebody like John Boy, who rose to fame on baseball Twitter and boasts more than 515,000 followers, represents the future, but in reality, he represents the past. The next wave in sports media goes beyond gifts and interaction. In some ways, it's incomprehensible. That is awfulannouncing.com. Uh, Jackson, what generation are you in? Gen Z. What do you say about that column? I have two thoughts. Okay. One, I think that it would it's human nature as someone who is Gen Z, which I believe the definition means like growing up with the internet. Like, you know, you I've grown up and the entire time I've been alive or can remember, the internet has been a big part of my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. You're born in 98. Right. So it stands to reason that we don't consume sports media the same way people who didn't grow up with the internet would. The newspaper is somewhat irrelevant to someone in my age group. Someone's tweets, someone tweeting out an article that they wrote is much more relevant to someone of my age group. Uh, so to believe that we were just going to consume sports the same way would be ignoring the external factors, which is the internet is a big part of this. And short clips on TikTok or Twitter or Instagram are extremely popular. So it stands to reason that we would consume media that way. Another thing that I would say about that is, well, he referenced John Boy, which is obviously very famous for the breakdowns and the lip reading stuff and just baseball content. That has taken somewhat of a downsizing. Now you can look over to another group very similar to John Boy called Overtime. Overtime in 2016 was basically a video filter where you could post basketball highlights uh, from high school, and it was really cool. And this year they had two players who played in their Overtime Elite League be selected in the top five of the NBA draft. Yeah. So there is a place for media companies to grab a big foothold with Gen Z, you just have to, this, this strategy has to be right. And I think getting Gen Z perspective on these things is really, really key. And we've seen younger people ascend very quickly to sports journalism, if that's what you want to call it, sports media, based on just simply firing up their phone and taking a video of themselves. Uh, fun fact for no one tell, and I don't know if I've told this little anecdote before or not, but I was playing golf with a, a sports executive, not a St. Louis one, uh, with a network, not because of my, it just happened to be paired together with a guy I knew. And this was uh, at spring training in 21, if I'm not mistaken. And he told me the story of how the network at which he worked, NBC, uh, got involved in the EPL. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know why we got into that? 
because my kids, I knew that's all they cared about. And I knew that the way to figure out what the future was, was to pay attention to what our 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds were watching because eventually they would be in that prime demographic. And if you're worried about the older demographic and them complaining, you're going to have to deal with that. But if you want to stay relevant, you have to adapt. And that's the name of the game. Now, how, how people will do that, that is the question. Because what I would tell you what this stuff lacks is credibility. Yeah, any, oh yeah. any right, right. ass pony can can grab his phone yeah. and go, okay, I'm, you know, I'm doing this, but there's no accountability if they're they're right or wrong. Right, that's the key. So how will, say, whoever you would consider the most credible reporters, I mean, last week with, with Shams Charnia, yeah. big story Huge. there with, with him reporting something, and he's a fan duel guy, yeah. on whether or not he moved the markets on the talk of Henderson, Henderson versus Miller. Yeah. Uh, to Charlotte, yep. and I know that sounds crazy, but it moved the betting market. It did, <laughs> and yes. and so it's a it's a it's an area that we haven't foreseen. It's probably not a story that's necessarily hit St. Louis yet, but I'm telling you that wave is out on the horizon, and it is coming in. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrari are coming up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.